Come on, All right. Come on. All right. <laughs> okay. Watch it now. What's well, a blessing to be here today, amen? amen? Wow, what a Sunday. Joel said, bro, preach. And he gave me that look. So thank you, Joel, for the opportunity to be able to share my heart. God is awesome, and we've made it through an incredible year. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing. The older you get, life seems to go faster and faster and faster. So, you know, it's a blessing to be here. And we pray that next year we'll all be here. But, you know, tomorrow's never promised, true? Yeah. Right. So this morning we're going to talk about our incredible God. Amen. Our God is a God who calls things that aren't as though they were. Yeah. Think about that. God is a God who calls things that are not as though they were. Let's turn to Romans chapter 4. And in Romans chapter 4, it reads, starting in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And it goes on. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. But God is an incredible God. Amen? Yeah. I mean, think about it. God is not bound by anything. No. There's no beginning when it comes to God. Right. He didn't have a birthday. <laughs> There's nothing great that he can't do. There's no solution, no dilemma. He doesn't understand what a dilemma is. Right. You know? And in looking at God and thinking about him, I came across a term which describes God, and it's a Latin term, which is ex nihilo, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the term refers to the fact that God created everything from nothing. <clears throat> you think about that. Before the earth, there wasn't just a mass here that he started to show there was nothing and then he put it there so in the absence of anything God can make something yeah. Yeah. and you know and as we live life I think we become numb to what God can do right. and numb to really who how powerful God is the God that we worship um, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 reads by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. Mm -hmm. What this means is that the universe came into existence by divine command mm -hmm. and not assembled by something pre-existing. Mm -hmm. You know, as humans, we can be very creative people. Yeah. But we can't create something from nothing. At our best, we can synthesize things. Mm -hmm. We can maybe modify the structure of something. Mm -hmm. But we can't create things right. out of nothing. So the bottom line is God is supernatural. You know, and as we think about where our lives are today, as we think about 2019, we need to reflect on the fact that God is a supernatural God. As you look at your life, and as you think about any struggles, any challenges, any problems, it is important to keep in mind 
the God that you serve. Right. And to right. have faith in that God. Yeah. So let's continue in this scripture, Romans chapter uh, 4. <coughs> Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. I felt that way sometimes. (laughs) Since he was about a hundred years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. You know, Abraham had incredible faith. Abraham saw how awesome God was. Can you think of something supernatural that you've seen in your life? I mean, something that just defied understanding. You know, it could be a butterfly coming from a caterpillar. How does that happen? You know, for me, I remember seeing a person who was waiting for a heart transplant. His heart was out. And I was the person carrying a heart for this guy. And the the heart I was carrying, it wasn't moving. It was an ice. And because of God, that heart got sewn in. They were able to jump start it. And the guy, he's probably up walking around now. God does things which are beyond our understanding. We can't explain it. Scientists can't explain it. But God just does it. So we're going to talk about some things, four areas that we can really focus in on. I believe will really help us as we face 2019. You know, Abraham had great faith. Let's look at Abraham. The first point we're going to look at is having personal faith in, in God. Growing in our personal faith. Amen? Amen. You know, a few highlights as we flip to uh, Genesis. In fact, let's let's turn over to um, Hebrews 11, actually. Let's start there. But while you're turning over there, you know, a few things we can learn about Abraham from Scripture. Uh, He was the son of a man named Terah. In chapter 12, we see the call of Abraham, where God tells Abram, because that was his name at the time, go leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will, have, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. And the Bible records... Abraham leaves as God told him. You know, Abraham was 75 years at that time, 75 years old at that time. Uh, And then he left along with his nephew Lot. He goes to Egypt. In chapter 13, we see that Abraham and Lot separate. In chapter 17, he's at the age of 99. God appears to him again. 
And that's when his name was changed from Abram to Abraham. Also at the age of 99, that's when he renamed his wife from Sarah, ending in A-I, to Sarah, ending in A-H, Sarah. And at the age of 99, he was circumcised. And the Bible says, on that very day. So immediately after God spoke on that very day. Again, we see this as a theme in Abraham's life. And he takes his sons and his household, and all the males were circumcised on that day. Uh, in chapter 18, we see that Abraham pleads for Sodom. We're going to touch back on some of this uh, in today. Chapter 19, we see Abraham, Abraham witnessed, he personally witnessed the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. In chapter 22, we see Abraham was tested was slaying his own son, Isaac. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, he lived to be 175 years. And his wife, Sarah, passed at the age of 127. So in, in Hebrews chapter 11, it reads, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city, the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father, because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as did, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. You know, Abraham had incredible faith. And for us to have a great 2019, we need to have incredible faith. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen? You know, uh, I was chatting with Lori a little bit earlier today, and we were talking about faith. And she mentioned something. Sometimes people struggle and sometimes people fight. And this morning, I want to encourage all of us to be fighters in our faith. And I have a question, you know, where do we get faith from? Where do we get faith? How do we get faith? You know, right. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing the word. Okay, we know this. But let me ask. How are your quiet times? Yeah. How are your times in the Word on a daily basis? Yeah. Are you looking at just a verse? Yeah. And then going on? Do you have something to share or something to give? Something to chew on after you've had your quiet time? Mm -hmm. How are you going to grow in your faith if you're not in the Word? Sure. That's the only way. You know, I tell you, Satan every day, nonstop, he's fighting. And he's trying to keep us back from God's word. And I think Abraham really had an understanding of the importance of God and being connected with God. We need to be the same way, amen? Let's uh, look at Psalm uh, 119, verse 11. You know, when I think about God's word, this is one of those scriptures which is like a theme scripture on how awesome God's word is. 
And this is David in this scripture. And this is a vital part of us growing in our faith. If you're struggling, look at what your own efforts are. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. You know, this is what our walk with God needs to look like. If we're not doing that, we need to find someone here today to hold us accountable. We need to be urgent in this. This is not something to be passive about or to come up with a justification on. It's vital. You know, David says, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. That meant he knew them. He knew them so well, he could recount them. Let's turn over to Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. Come on, bro. Okay. You know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I'll get to my quiet time later on. You know, one thing that Lori and I have implemented that has been a great blessing is having our prayer time in the morning and having our prayer time at night. There are very, very few times that that does not happen. In the morning, we've learned that we need to go to God. In this scripture in Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, it reads, In the morning... Oh, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. You know, these areas are vital to our personal faith. To have a great 2019. Amen? This is what we need to be like. I'm troubled by a sense of complacency that has set in amongst us. That's what troubles me. Right. We've gotten a bit too comfortable. We're not talking and asking each other, how's that quiet time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that is that's a horrible thing. Right. Yeah. We need to be alarmed by that. Our talk needs to be deep. Amen? Yes. All right. Well, let's go to our next point. Uh, we're going to talk about the spiritual battle. Amen? Right. Okay, so let's turn our body, our bi- bodies, <laughs> our bodies, and our Bibles yeah. over to uh, Ephesians chapter six. You know, the Bible reads, Abraham, without weakening in his faith, faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. That Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. And I want to focus on the last part of that, that God had power to do what he promised. You know, Abraham understood the spiritual versus the physical. 
you know, and to be great in 2019 and to do great things in our lives, we need to be in touch with the spiritual warfare that goes on around each one of our souls. You know, Abraham saw Sodom and Gomorrah being destructed. He understood clearly there's evil and there's good. He understood the spiritual war, the battle which goes on. But when we're not walking with the Lord, if we're not in his word, if we're out of touch, we can't fight Satan. I know for myself, I can't fight Satan. Satan devours, he desires to devour us. So, in Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. You know, we're in war. You know, when you come to church, when you wake up in the morning, you're in war. You're in battle. This is a fierce battle. Right. You know, we can envision it when we look in the history books and you see the tanks and all of the other things which are going on. Well, this battle was more intense than all of that. You know, and in war, what you don't want to become is captive. You don't want to become a POW, a prisoner of war. So we need to all strive in our relationship with God to not become that POW. And, you know, when it comes to the battle, if you are engaged, if you are fighting, that's awesome. But I have a question for you this morning. Are you watching the parade? Are you watching the parade go by? Intellectually, you know God is awesome. But are you watching the parade? You're not invested. You're not giving of yourself. You're not submitted to God. We're in spiritual warfare. And whether you see it or not, doesn't change the fact that this is a spiritual battle. Are you coming up with justifications? Well, I'll study my Bible a little bit later. I have this sin that's on my heart that needs to be confessed, but I'll pass on it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to hold it in. That person wouldn't want to hear about it anyhow. They wouldn't understand, so I don't need to talk to them. There are a lot of things that go through our mind that Satan uses to keep us back from the cross of Christ. Right. You know, these are all things we can learn from Abraham. 
that we can apply to our lives today. Mm-hmm. To be great in 2019, we need to be engaged in the spiritual battle. Amen? Okay. Let's, keep, uh, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 14. Jazz voice, bro. <laughs> Smooth jazz, bro. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, this point is having resolved the fight. And I thought about this. I said, Was Abraham a fighter? Sure, he had, you know, God that made this covenant, and there's generations of thousands and millions to this day. But was Abraham a fighter? Was he a fighter? They said, well, he fought for things spiritually, but outside of that, was he a fighter? I turned to the scripture. I found something, okay? So let's look, starting at uh, chapter 14, verse 8. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboam, and the king of Bala, that is Zoar, marched out and drew up their battle lines in the valley of Siddim against Kedolomar, king of Elam, title king of Goam, Amraphel, king of Shanar, and Erak, king of Elisar. Four kings against five. Now, the valley of Siddim was full of tar pits. And when the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some of the men fell into them, and the rest fled to the hills. The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. Then they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew Lot in his possessions since he was living in Sodom. The one who had escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now, Abram was living near the great trees of Mamre, the Amorite, a brother of Eskel and Anar, all of whom were allied with Abram. When Abram heard that his relatives had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them pursuing them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and bought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. This is the side of Abraham I didn't really think about, but Abraham was a fighter, amen? You know, some of the names are pretty hard. You know, back home in my family, there are some people I don't know their real names. There's some other names. I got a cousin Lunch, cousin Punch, 
you know, I wish before my mother passed, I found out the real names of some of my family members, because I don't know who they are. You know, they come together, and I'm like, well, who is that? I'm like, oh, that's your aunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, these are some tricky names. But Abraham, he was not complacent when it came to fighting. Right. He didn't just sit down. As soon as that report came to him, what did he do? He got up and he fought. This morning, are you fighting for your relationship with God? Again, Satan never stops fighting to keep you from your relationship with God. He doesn't want you close. He wants you comfortable. I think that we get comfortable too easy. We love comfort. You know, um, we love comfort and we fiercely defend it. Have you seen anyone fiercely defend being comfortable? Okay. I can't fast because, you know, my stomach is going to hurt. No, duh. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Denying the flesh. Amen? Amen. You know, and, you know, on that note, you know, I looked up and I said, you know, we just love, we love going to church and walking out. Many of us don't have much as far as relationships with other people because everyone wants to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. We want to have our quiet time in the most comfortable place. We want to pray for a comfortable period of time. We want to read our Bible only when it's comfortable. It's comfort all over. Jesus didn't die a comfortable death on the cross. Okay? The Bible says, when you fast. Now ask yourself, when was the last time you fasted? And ask yourself, how often are you fasting? Is it a way of life for you? A way of life. Not, I did it once last year, and we had our, and I didn't drink coffee. No. That's comfortable. Yeah. You know, uh, fasting is, is giving up food or something for a period of time in order for us to focus our thoughts on God. Right. It's a time to, to read our Bible and to pray and to worship God. It is mentioned over 50 times throughout the Old and New Testament. Let's turn over to Psalm 35, verse 13. You know, Abraham was a fighter, and we need to be fighters, amen? And I'm I'm emphasizing this point on fasting because it seems to dig in the most with where we're resistant. We're very resistant when it comes on giving up food or sacrifice mm-hmm. and uh, Psalm 35 verse 13 it reads this is David yet when they were ill I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 we all know that Jesus fasted for 40 days In Acts chapter 13, verse 3, we see the disciples praying and fasting. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 37, this is one of those scriptures that never really jumped out to me. But Luke chapter 2, verse 
in verse 37. Trying to get my little eyes adjusted here. Okay. <laughs> Let's start at verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day Fasting and praying. You know, this is an 84-year-old who was fighting. 84. You know, so many of us think, when I get to that age, I'm just going to take it easy and just exist. You know, have some depends ready. I'm just going to hang in there. But this person didn't have that spirit. This was kind of like Caleb. I'm a fighter. Right? When I think about fighting, I want to hold up an example in this room. This is an example of someone who I've watched, who I've seen fight, and who continues to fight. And it's been an inspiration. You know, it's always inspiring when you see someone fight. That's why we like sports, right? We like to see the fight. Well, God likes to see the fight. And there's a man in this room named Ed. He didn't know I was going to say this. But I've watched Ed come to Bible Talk numerous times. And you know, when I first saw him come to Bible Talk, he comes in with his Bible. And not everyone comes to Bible Talk with their Bible. He came with his Bible. And it's as if you can see the wheels turning in his mind as scriptures are being read. I mean, it's... I can say on one occasion, he even drove me to tears just to think about how this guy's pursuit is when it comes to learning about God. It's awesome. Amen. That's awesome. You know, Ed and Lisa have just, they fight. They fight. They fight. That's what it's all about, is we all need to fight. You know, wherever we are, there's hope, and we need to fight. Wherever we are. Sounds like the kids might be having a little fun. <laughs> <laughs> <It's your time>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the last point that I want to mention is having a heart for others. Amen? We need to be people to have a great 2019. We need to have personal faith. Right? We need to understand the spiritual battle. We need to fight. And we need to have a heart for other people. Amen? Amen. Let's turn over to Genesis chapter 18. You know, I never thought about this, but Abraham wasn't just the father of many. He wasn't just, you know, faithful and took Isaac uh, and uh, trusted God, that God was going to come up with a solution for him. Abraham was also great because he had a great heart for other people. And, you know, this scripture really, to me, shows an example of how we need to be when it comes to others. Now, we saw in the last scripture how he fought on behalf of his nephew Lot and for his family. And we all need to fight for our family. Amen? That's our ministry. God's given us that. 
but we need to be like Abraham. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 18. And I'll just start uh, verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes. What humility. What if the number of the righteous is five times less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. You know, in this passage, we see Abraham's heart wrestling for God's grace and mercy on the people in that city. He didn't want to see what he knew God could do. He wrestled. He begged God over and over. He put himself on the line. Right. You know, the question I have in this, this morning is who are we praying for? Who are we reaching out to? Who is on our heart that we're pleading over and over? Lord, can you please move in this person? Can you move in my child's heart? Can you move in my friend's heart? Can you move in my neighbor's heart? Who are we pleading for? 
you know, we need to have hearts like Abraham when it comes to reaching out to this lost world. Because I tell you what, I don't see anything going on in Sodom and Gomorrah that isn't going on right here in Belgium. That isn't going on right here in Seattle. And I can only imagine how God's stomach turns when he looks at this city. And you know, he hasn't come yet. So he's hoping. John 12, Jesus came to save. He came to save the world. But there is a judge. The word Jesus spoke will be the judge. But until that time of judgment comes, where are our efforts, old disciples? Where are our efforts? You know, I want to hold up another example in this area. And this has been a personal inspiration for me. This is my wife, Lori. Lori has a heart for people like no one else. She endears the young. I watch people just flock around her, and she's always giving advice, words of wisdom. I have watched her fight for our children like no one else. Relentless. Day after day after day after day, continuous prayers. At nighttime, she knows where the children are. She's got them on her phone. She can like, look, oh, this one is over in this city. She knows what's going on. You know, I've watched her, you know, even after Bible study, and she had this smile on her face, and she's kind of got that, you know, that holy trot going on around the house. You know, and she got those long legs, so she can really do the holy trot. And I'm wondering why she's so happy. She's like, Wow, this person's studying the Bible, and that person's studying the Bible, and this person's about to study the Bible. She has three studies. She's just happy. I'm like, that is awesome. And she's continuously, you know, through the highs and lows in life. That's who she is. You know, and I'm inspired by that. But to have a great 2019 in order to fulfill what Jesus calls us to do, we need to be that way. We need to be like Abraham, you know, pleading daily before God. Even in situations where, you know, don't go by sight. We need to just not go by sight. We get it wrong sometimes when we're going by visual. That person doesn't look open. You'd be surprised. I think it was uh, Friday night. We're at our marriage group, right? We're having our holiday party. There's a couple that came. They were so much fun. They came on out to the holiday party. So I asked uh, the wife, I'm like, well, how did you find out about this? And she says, well, Tesh and I, we were at a tire store, and she came up to me, and we started talking. And then the lady, her name's Candace, and her husband, Gary, they, Garrett. Garrett. He always says, my name's Garrett, but people call me Gary. They came on out, and before they left, I listened to Candace say, I'm so happy I'm going to definitely be back. This was great. But you know, Tesh could have said, she doesn't look open, or I don't feel like sharing. But Tesh had a heart and shared. So, you know, we need to be that way. We need to see the spiritual. So this is the lesson for today I wanted to share with everyone. You know, in closing, you know, as we look at Abraham and as we look at God, we need to understand that God is a God who calls things that aren't as though they are. Amen? Amen? You know, we need to have personal faith to have a great 2019. We need to understand the spiritual warfare, the battle that we're in, to have a great 2019. 
We need to be resolved to fight to have a great 2019. And lastly, we need to have a great heart for others. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share. Awesome. That was awesome. Thank you, Peter. Um, whenever I